What is going on, all you guys and gals? You are listening to Cheap Talk Wrestling. I'm TJ Alvin, alongside with Brandon Carr and Dylan Sriver. Gentlemen, what another week in wrestling. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the Royal Rumble with WWE. And it's, you know, it's just a constant, constant thing every single week. It's building up to it. And it was another great week of wrestling, if I say so myself. I agree. Oh, yeah. I, I've i always felt the Royal Rumble is probably my favorite pay-per-view of the WWE calendar year. I don't think I had told you guys this. Uh, just really quick sidebar before we get into it, everything. I've actually been trying to watch back every Rumble uh, leading up to this one. Which okay. one are you on? The second one. I, I decided to start doing it yesterday. Okay. But... <sighs> I know this is fresh now, but I'm going to ask Carl to see if he knows, because I know you know who won the first one now. Who won the first Royal Rumble? If you answer it right, I will give you. Oh, no, never mind. No, you already answered. You already answered. Uh, you already knew what I was going to say. I saw Jim Duggan. Right. Oh, oh, that's right. Dude, let me, let me tell you, like, no discredit to those guys of the late 80s, early 90s, but, oh, some of those matches are brutal to watch. Like, mm-hmm. I, so I'm watching the second one, and like one of the opening matches was a six-man tag with the Hart Foundation, which great tag team, and Duggan versus the fabulous Rujos and Dino Bravo. And Dino Bravo got a two-count with an inverted atomic drop and then just a follow-up elbow. And it's like, really? <laughs> a two-count? He's probably getting lazy. He's probably getting lazy for a second. He's like, one, two. Oh, I should kick out by now. Two. Boom. <laughs> Some it's people like, forget. And Some... like Gorilla Monsoon's like losing his mind. He's like, that could be it. That could be three. And I'm like, he didn't do anything. I he love did, like, Gorilla. Most... Oh, my God. oh, he was yeah, a great play by play. Oh, my God. Yes. Gorilla and Heenan. Mm-hmm. Those yeah, two it, together. At this point, oh, it was uh, Gorilla and Ventura, which I still yep. think is a great yeah. uh, combo as well. Yeah, because they were through WrestleMania three, I think even WrestleMania four, I believe they were con- they were a part of the commentary team. But before that, I think it was Heenan. Yeah, a lot of great announcers, a lot of great play by play guys for wrestling. And now we have Michael Cole. Oh my! Oh my! It's the big dog. It's the big dog. See, the one thing I don't like—not to say I don't like Michael Cole—the one thing I will say about Michael Cole. Is that when he was with like NXT when before it was uh, what it is today? Before oh, yeah. it, like, being a reality TV show, they would just like him and um, Josh, Josh Matthews, Matthews. Yep. would just like you know like have conversations and like basically yawn during the entire show for an hour. Hey, it's like I don't oh feel like God. hearing this half oh, the time. I funny. half the time I watched that show and I muted it because I didn't feel like hearing him during that. It's like I get it. At the time, he was a heel. Like you mm-hmm. want to put your heel on top right but you're losing credibility on a show that you're trying to build up that replaced yeah. ecw i mean it didn't make sense but go looking back on it now it's just so funny like to what they were doing it's so like, good to see where it's at now that's like a yeah, legitimate like oh brand. yeah yeah let me ask you guys do you think he watches it back and be like what the hell was i thinking i think he regrets the hairdo he had in like the late 90s oh, yeah. with the like little spike with the goatee and it was like i just picture him yeah. i just picture like i watched a video of him and it was like a dx uh funny moments and he's one of them where it's like he's getting the wedgie they're bouncing him up and down he's <laughs> oh, getting the wedgie gosh. oh my god he's like no guys not again <laughs> yeah but i'm gonna i'm gonna try and get through all of them by the day of the rumble so rip me watching the 95 rumble you know big quang 
Jacob mm-hmm. Blue, Mantor, some right. absolute legends. Not to, get off, to... not to get off show, but best Royal Rumble match in your opinions. I always remember the one where uh, John Cena came back and he was like entrant number 30 after that injury. And like you just heard like the crowd just go like ape shit. Like they were like so excited to see him come back. And you kind of knew obviously he was probably gonna end up winning the Royal Rumble when he was the 30th entrant, but like still I just remember watching that as a kid and I was like, you know, so excited to like see John Cena back in that match. You mentioning that, I'll tell you right now, the one thing I remember, my God, it's John Cena. I just remember Jim Ross going like going like getting excited for it because that's what i love because he was the voice for our like for our child like some of our childhood watching wrestling jim ross was part of it same thing now with michael cole and jerry lawler i i might be a little biased but like and i didn't love the winner at the time but i was at oh geez how many years ago is that the the one in boston the 40 man 2011 yeah 2011 that um del rio ended up winning that was in the Mm -hmm. garden that was really really cool and I think part of that was like the surprise entrances, like Booker T came back for that. Gold Dust, who had been off for a while, showed up. Uh, Diesel. Diesel, Edge had like a big title defense, and like there's actually like a clip in it for if anyone wants to go back and watch uh, 2011 Royal Rumble when he stands up and on the ropes and does his thing. If you look, there's this little fat kid in a Big Show T-shirt that I had bought that day. Um, that's me, you know. No way, that's funny. I'd have to go back and watch that. It, oh, dude, it was like one of my. Is it was just so cool to be there and like you buy into the hype, yeah. Of like, okay, who's walking out through the curtain now? That's one of the pay per views I want to go to. I feel like the Royal Rumble match being there is just you know because you have that anticipation of who's going to come out next. Like that's I think that's just so cool. I might be wrong, but I believe it was Dolph Ziggler he was facing. Uh, Edge was facing at that Rumble. I, I think you're right. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. he was he was like a it was a big heel for him at the time. He was a big heel, and that was a one of the big stories because I think it was Vicky Guerrero. Yep, as like a an acting general manager, like gave him the title, then dropped the title. She got fired or something like that. I, Excuse me. God, it's still popular this day though. Oh, it's still like it. It. it's still a great is. gimmick. It yeah. it really it never works. loses. It never loses its flair. Because it, like it people it. hate her. Like pe- people like legitimately like despise oh, yeah. her her character. Yeah, not, people. Yeah, we're always... Not like to quite the same level as Vince, but like I feel like like that early two thousand ten WWE. Like she was the good like authoritarian heel. Like it it was, it was a good character. It was good to have her, have someone to build off of like that. You know, because in the 90s, the late 90s, we had Vince as a character originally on screen as the announcer. And then later on became an on-screen character as a talent using yep. as the authority figure with Austin having that long feud with Austin. Same thing with like in 2000s, in the 2000s with like Eric Bischoff. He never got confrontational, but we had that authority figure where you can get like you can get pissed off with. 2010s yeah. at the time was Vicky Guerrero for some part of it. Yep. I feel like Adam Pierce now is the 2020 yeah. Vicky Guerrero. Smackdown, man, they're always they're always on top. I I, I love the blue brand. Absolutely. I do, but but they still call it their B show, and that's what I hate is that they call it their B show. That's a top show. You're getting signed yeah. to Fox, and they're you're on calling the same your... level. And honestly, that's some true. weeks I think Smackdown is better. More than that, yeah, I think so too. I agree. Hey, you know what? Better. 
I will say this. We can finally say that Adam Pierce is out as the uh, in that Universal Championship spot. And now going yep. in, Kevin Owens, which I'm very happy. We yes. finally find out that he's out of the hospital, you know, after Local calling. medical facility. For you know, if we're going to mark out here, we at least need the appropriate language. <laughs> like I said, we called them. We tried calling. We tried tweeting. We tried everything. They wouldn't give us an answer. To, on Friday, we find out that Kevin Owens is back. And going for the Universal Championship, I am very happy for it. It's an exciting match. Guys, real quick, your thoughts on Reigns versus Owens again at the Royal Rumble. Because now we've seen this match twice at the Royal Rumble uh, back in 2017, where originally they had Jericho in that shark cage. Now, do you guys feel like this is not to predict something, but to maybe see Paul Heyman in a a little shark cage? Do you think we could see it? I don't know if he would, I would love to see something like that. I think he just, he would sell that like so perfectly, like him being in the cage and be like yelling like Roman, Roman. I'm very happy like having, you know, this, obviously I I think we all saw it coming that Adam Pierce wasn't going to end up facing Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. I think we saw a mile away. It was going to end up being Kevin Owens, you know, after he returned from the quote unquote hospital, whatever. But yeah, I'm excited to see this match a third time. I think this is going to kind of like be the end of like the storyline. And then, you know, they'll build off to probably Roman Reigns' next opponent heading into WrestleMania. So that's what I think. Yeah, I, I like their chemistry in the ring together. They're two good in-ring performers. You know, people will downplay Roman, but he he's a good in-ring performer. He's got the talent when he wants to. And I think Kevin Owens gets that out of him. Personally, I'd like to see Owens go over. I think he's a guy who's worked really hard to get to the point where he is today, and he's great on the mic, great in the ring. Um, But obviously, I know they're going to keep Roman, at least through Mania, as the champion. But I'm just hoping it's a good match again. The chemistry that they have is really great. We've seen this match in every size because these guys can really build off each other. They bring out the best in each other. That's the beauty of these types of matches or these types of rivalries. What you can do to get the best out of your opponent and the same thing for them. That's the beauty of it. I'll be honest, when they had the match in 2017, I felt like it was cut short because of dad bod. Uh, That title reign was cut short. I I feel like him as universal champion at the time, I feel like he could have gone a lot farther and to see Jericho versus Kevin Owens for that universal title in 2017, I think that would have been a perfect finish for that. But yet opening the show, second match, and being for the United States title is still somewhat better than be, not being on the card. But I feel like it would have been a lot better for that higher prize, especially yeah. with Jericho being the ring general that he is, being the veteran that he is. Switching gears to Shinsuke Nakamura, it looks like we are seeing the face turn that everybody's been wanting for a little bit as Shinsuke is now a face. Do you guys feel this is their way of doing a quick uh, turnaround for him to put him in a title picture against Roman? You know, they can definitely set something up like that for the future. But I think, you know, like you said, I'm personally, I'm very happy that he's going back to being a baby face because, you know, you kind of just saw him as a heel. We kind of talked about this last week, how it wasn't really a great idea to turn him heel. And I think I forget which one of you two said it, but I liked your point about bringing up like, he didn't have like a manager that you can attach to him to have like that voice for him, that like microphone for him to really kind of make him a better heel because obviously Shinsuke, he's English is not his first language. So he, you know, may not, he kind of struggles a little bit with promos, but yeah, I think, you know, 
them turning Shinsuke back to a babyface, they could definitely build him back up to, you know, kind of get back into that title picture. Maybe he ends up being an opponent for whoever the universal champion is after WrestleMania down the line. But yeah, I definitely could see, you know, WWE kind of realizing like, hey, we have a special talent here in Shinsuke Nakamura. Why not use him the right way this time? Let's not screw him up like we just did last time. Yeah, and that's the same thing. Like, I, I think I had brought it up last week. I think he's better as a face. But if you're going to put him back into a heel turn, you got to give him a mouthpiece. Heel that doesn't talk really doesn't work. I, I guess in modern WWE, I feel like you need a mouthpiece if it's going to be like that silent... Like, think about when Braun Strowman first debuted with the Wyatt family. He was the monster, but he didn't talk. Wyatt was that mouthpiece. Wyatt was the the leader. You know, uh, it's worked for WWE since the 1980s with, like, the Bobby Heenans, the Paul Heymans, the Slicks of the world. You know, you need that mouthpiece for a good foreign heel and, and everything like that. And... But I, I like Shinsuke as a face. I think he's it's going to be a good run for him. And maybe Vince is going to swerve us. Shinsuke wins the Rumble and we have Roman Shinsuke at Mania. I wouldn't be opposed to that if they, you know, made him a two-time Royal Rumble winner. And hopefully they do it the right way this time. He is a great talent. You know, we, we've seen it with New Japan. He headlined with AJ Styles. Also, I just want to kind of add a manager, Runjan Singh. With the great Kali. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, no one gets any better than Ranjan Singh dealing with the great Kali, you know. Jesus. The, the great Kali. The, the Punjabi him. playboy <laughs> as his last game. <laughs> I just see Dylan's face. Oh, that was funny. The great Kali. God bless him. I mean, you know, he's great. Was definitely. Yeah, I mean, English wasn't definitely his first language, but... What? Oh, man. Seeing him wrestle in the ring sometimes, God. God bless him. What? Well, that's the thing is that if you're a bigger guy, you know, like these these dominant guys, right? Like, take Shinsuke, right? Like we brought up, he... You need a mouthpiece for him. Granted, if you look at a guy like Braun Strowman putting him with the Moai family, his presence just builds him you don't need to say anything it's just his presence same thing with the great Kali back in 06 and 07 it was just that presence like would speak more for him rather than his own words and I think that's what WWE is losing on is that they don't believe in their character they don't believe in their characters enough to have them build themselves take like we brought up with Shinsuke like he had Sami Zayn at one point then he had I think now it's Cesaro the guy can speak a couple different languages but can he be a good mouthpiece for him? And here's the other thing, too, is that if you take a look at Raw, switching over to Raw, they originally had Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton scheduled for the show, the big match. But because of COVID, uh, he was not able to compete. Uh, he's going to have to quarantine for a little bit. Uh, we did see him. He did confirm that it will be him versus Dad Bod at the uh, the Royal Rumble. and But we also saw Triple H return and get back in the ring for a fight against Randy. That then I'm going back, I'm like kind of putting in this, is that they could have put anybody else in that match, I feel, and got the same reaction. But then again, you have Triple H coming in saying, you know what, put me in, I got this. You know, it builds a story. I get it. They have the rivalry already. You can build off of that rivalry and maybe add more to it. I feel like they could have built something 
with another big guy or like with a Sheamus or with a like a Keith Lee because they're part of his story right now because originally the match was supposed to be them two. So why not add to that story with one of them two competing against Randy? But even though they had a tag team match that night, I mean, you could have you could have gone either way. But guys, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think they I think you're definitely right. I think regardless who they could have put in there, I think you would have gotten the same reaction. I guess seeing Triple H obviously was good, I guess. But, you know, I think like you said, TJ, they kind of like brought him back just because of, you know, kind of like fits the storyline a little bit because, you know, Triple H was kind of like ticked off of Randy Orton's actions, you know, like obviously him like punk kicking Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, you know, so like maybe eventually it would have made sense for Triple H to come back and kind of confront Randy Orton on that. But yeah, I would have liked to see, you know, maybe they used like Keith Lee, or Seamus, like you said, I think that would have garnered the same reaction with that uh, last segment on the show. I mean, I always like seeing Hunter in the ring. Still always a good match with him and Orton. I feel like Hunter does get a little bit out of Randy more than other guys. Like, Randy doesn't always go more to that, like, methodical, like, okay, here's the spot, here's the spot, rest hold, backbreaker, rest hold, RKO, one, two, three. But I also agree. I think Lee or, or Seamus, like, will do just as good of a job getting thrown in there and it it keeps building their guys that they're trying to push as full timers. Gotta see how it keeps building. Like I think the the most repetitive thing that we've been talking about is what brings the best out of each other in competitors. And I get that with Randy and with uh, Triple H, you know, but it's you don't necessarily need to do it like now. There's a story to build off of with Drew, I get that. With uh, these different characters coming into it, with Sheamus, is he going to turn on him? Is he not going to turn on him? With Keith Lee being that close friend that they have been building off of for the last number of months since Keith Lee has joined, there there's a lot of different things. But I get it. It's a the last ditch thing for them to do it. But I feel like if there's more time for them to, okay, what if we did this instead versus this? They found out, I think it was that day that Drew had COVID. So they needed to do something. Yeah. They had Triple H coming on anyway, I believe. And they just said, you know what, might as well just do do something with him, a quick five-minute match. You got the fireball from Alexa Bliss going to Randy, which now builds that story of Alexa Bliss, The Fiend, and Randy, which is like, that's more fuel for him. We're seeing that rivalry between them and I feel like the two vindictive sides that are colliding, which is great. I love to see that vindictive side of Randy. And I love to see that crazy fiend character that they've been building off of. Granted, they could have done a lot better without Dad Bod coming into the picture and ruining that push entirely. You guys ever noticed that it's always around Royal Rumble season that he does return? Like, think of it that way. Last year, he won, look at 20, not to keep going back, but 2017, won the universal title against Kevin Owens, then lost it at WrestleMania. Same thing happened last year. Do we see that with the WWE championship at the Royal Rumble on January 31st? You know, I, it's making me scared. I honestly feel like that WWE might do it to us a third time. And I don't want that to happen because I like Drew as champion and he obviously deserves, you know, hopefully when we get to WrestleMania, I think I heard WrestleMania might get pushed back to, I hope hopefully when we get to WrestleMania, there's fans there and he can kind of enjoy his WrestleMania moment a little bit more. And whether he's champion or not, I feel like, you know, just with, with dad Bob, with Goldberg, he's, I think you're exactly right. I think it's, you know, the parallels are there. We've seen it two separate years now where he's come back during this time and, 
he's kind of just ruined a push for, you know, ruined the push for Kevin Owens, ruined a push for the Fiend. And I'm hoping Drew's not in line next, but, you know, knowing WWE, I would not be surprised if once again, they, you know, try forcing Goldberg down our throats and they try setting up some sort of big money match at WrestleMania versus whoever for the WWE championship. I wouldn't be surprised. So yeah, Goldberg, I just, I can't stand that the WWE keeps going to this. Well, man, like Drew is such a good champion. He's worked his way back to the top of the ladder. I think they really, really need to keep him till there's fans back in attendance. Like the dude would have such great chemistry with the fans. The fans are behind him. I don't know. I feel like at this point you should just put the belt on Ric Flair. If you're going to part-timers or, you know, Tito Santana, he's still out there wrestling at 70 something. Like I said, he's available for booking. We can get him. We'll call WWE. We'll send him his email. Like stop going to the Goldberg. Well, man, Keep Couldn't the belt agree on with you more. Like Couldn't I, agree I, with I, I get it with that older mentality of having these guys come back around every couple months or every year to give them that what that push or give them that spotlight. I get that, yeah. but doing it on a very consistent basis when you're pushing guys like your Universal Champions, your WWE Champions, then it becomes like, okay, are we just gonna drop the title to him? And then pick up a new story with him beating Goldberg. Because at this point, Goldberg has lost at three WrestleManias. Yeah. Yep. Well, my, my thing is, like, this isn't Hulk Hogan coming back in the early 90s because you have no other, like, top guy. Like, you have, like, probably a dozen guys who could carry the company yeah. as, like, the WWE champion. It, it, this isn't, like, you having to contemplate putting the belt on general Adnan or, you know, uh, Jacques Rougeau. Like you have Keith Lee, you have Seamus, you have Randy Orton. You don't need that. Like, this is not 1985 Vince. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to go back to the well, man. Like you have the talent and the talent's hungry to show you what they can do when given the opportunity. You know, it's like back to the past. Me. It's like that movie back to the past. Oh, I'm sorry. It's back to the future. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They don't focus on the future because they keep focusing on the past. Yep. So it's the circle like... of life, you know. Uh, <laughs> please don't copyright us, Disney. It's a joke. It's, yeah, it's, a, a, joke, it's a joke, Disney. Disney. Thank you. As Disney just cuts this off right at the after that sentence. We're done. <laughs> just... We're done right now. That's it. We're done. <laughs> Mickey Jay. Mouse just broke into my house. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh we're God. talking about Orlando. We're talking about Florida. Let's let's head on over to Florida with right. NXT versus AEW. We got the ratings wars going on, but the card that we started this week for AEW and NXT was really mm-hmm. good. I want to go right into AEW because the main event match was Darby Allen. Versus Brian Cage. You have that David versus Goliath match that has been building for nine mm-hmm. months with Team Taz versus Darby. And I was very excited to see. I'm I saw Darby wrestle in Boston year like a couple years ago. And I look at him and I'm like, what the hell is this? Right. Cause the way because he has like the short jeans, short, like 
you know, on the leggings and he wrestles in like the high tops and stuff. And he has, yep. he paints to half his face. I never understood that at first. The way the character gets over is perfect to build off of. This is a face to really build off of when you're mm-hmm. building against a guy like Brian Cage, a real talent to go up against. He's wrestled in AAA. He's wrestled in Impact. I don't think he's ever had a WWE run, but he's had some great runs on the independents. To see him go up against this guy, Darby Allen, who's a future in like the eyes of a lot of people. Guys, with winning against Brian... What are your thoughts? Oh yeah, that was on it was a great match. Like, you know, there were a couple of really good spots with I remember Darby Allen, I think he did the coffin drop on Brian Cage on the steel steps. Like, you know, Brian when I watch Darby Allen, like, you know, you wouldn't think like that he's able to like do some of the things that he does, but like he's such like a, a guy who just puts his body on the line. Like I feel like every single match, you know always has those moments where you're like did he just like break his neck like did he break a bone like he's such a fun wrestler to watch and I feel like I agree TJ where he's someone that you can definitely build off of because he's weighs like 170 pounds like he's one of those guys who's the underdog in every match into he's someone that you can build off of as like a baby face kind of like how you know WWE back in the day with Daniel Bryan like build off like these guys who are like you know not your prototypical size guys who are like 6'5 you know 250 like Brian Cage's and, you know, I feel like Darby Allen's someone that could definitely, you know, be one of those main card players in uh, AEW just because of, you know, the reaction that he gets when their fans there. And I think the gimmick itself is just really cool. I think, you know, like when you mentioned TJ, just about like his attire, like, I feel like it's super cool. Obviously he has the skateboard, like he's just someone I feel like is someone that can really relate to like the younger audience, just how he looks and, you know, him winning this match, it was, you know, I think it was a good match overall. And I think, you know, Darby Allen, someone who's, I think, got a bright future ahead with AEW. He's just been phenomenal piece for them. Yeah, I feel the same way. I like seeing him, this baby face, the guy who's always the underdog. It's a really good story. I've seen Cage wrestle. He's not just some lunk in the ring. Like, the guy has just as much talent and i think they have really really good chemistry a lot of good back and forth between the two and i wouldn't mind seeing this keep going for a little bit they're putting on good matches and i remember like the first exposure i had to brian cage was when he showed up in impact the guy can work for his size like he's a big dude but very athletic and i think that complements darby well you know when the underdog needs to start going on the offensive and i agree with both of you guys he's definitely a face that needs to stick around in AEW for a while. You can be that guy who's like always on the cusp of the main event, build up to something where he finally puts it all together. You know, keeping on this AEW role, John Moxley coming back in during the elite, I wouldn't call it elite. I would call quote, it a quote unquote. Elite. Yeah, exactly. It, here's my thing, right? So I, I was reading a couple of tweets with Tama Tonga. He was like saying, don't call it a bullet club reunion. There's the OG bullet club. There's the bullet club now. And then there's what Kenny Omega has with the Young Bucks and like the Luke Gallows and Carl Andersons of the elite. See, it's funny to see how one brand has these, you know, different arms like attached to them. I'll put it as like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but in this case, the Bullet Club, being yeah, yeah. having all these members for different companies, different corporations, you know, like mm-hmm. the the big entertainment business. But you get what I mean. Going in, you know, originally we were expecting to see the Young Bucks and Omega versus what was it, Brian Pillman, Griff Garrison, and Danny yeah. Danny Limelight. Sure. I'm sorry, this is a funny name to say, Danny Limelight. Danny, 
Danny Limelight. What a name. Limelight to the left, please. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Moxley come back out, was aided by the Lucha Bros. Young Bucks came out, but were taken out by the Lucha Bros. Guys, being though, not to cut off anything, with the Good Brothers making their AEW debut, do you guys feel like this is a long, not long-term booking, but a long-term agreement for the Good Brothers to stay on and build this rivalry between the Good Brothers, the Bucks, and Omega. I think just with the partnerships with TNA and AEW right now, I think we've seen a lot of great like TV for AEW and TNA over the past few weeks. Like, I think it's definitely. I hope it stays as like a long term type of uh, plan to have this uh, few go and you know build up towards maybe like a. Uh, good brothers versus young bucks match or something they should have this as like a long-term type of thing because i really like seeing you know this like elite reunion and seeing like gals and anderson you know get involved with this as well like i definitely think that this should be something where they should you know kind of keep this uh this train going and you know kind of sticking with it for a while yeah i really like what they're doing with this i hope it's some sort of long-term story with a big blow-off I love Gallows and Anderson, and I think the Young Bucks are another great tag team. And I think, you know, somewhere down the line in an AEW pay-per-view, seeing them face off would be really, really cool. I think it'd be a, a good match. I think they'll have really good chemistry together. And like TJ said, it's cool seeing all the different, like, moving pieces from different companies, like, all revolve around the same story. It's it, It's really interesting. I just like the partnerships that they're creating, like with AEW's creating with Impact, with AAA, with the NWA as well. You know, because we see the NWA women's title being defended. Uh, Serena Deeb, correct me if I'm wrong in the name, please let me know because I'm terrible with names. That sounds right. Thank you very much, Car. Thank you for backing me up on this. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> You're a good man. You're a good man. You're a good man. You're a good man, big kid. You're a good man. Good man. Whoa, big Nate Olshan being brought up on this podcast. That's crazy. Whoa, big kid. Whoa. But go <laughs> Whoa. So anyway, with the NWA's relationship, it's great to see that because you're seeing companies come together at a rough time in the wrestling world, right? And that's what we should be seeing. But when you see NXT and the WWE, you know, not putting up a strong card, like bringing back like these guys that we keep talking about, but they're not doing that with NXT. Not yet. Uh, let's knock on wood to that one. Hopefully they yeah, don't. Yeah, knock on wood. But switching, let's switch over to NXT. I'll go back to AEW because I want to bring up something uh, to end it with uh, the inner circle, you know, because I want to bring that up. But going into NXT, we had MSK make their debut, which is TNA's uh, Rascals made mm-hmm. their debut in the Dusty Rhodes Classic, which started this week for the men's. Now we're going to have the women's coming up soon. What did you guys think of their debut against Jake Atlas and Isaiah Scott? I thought, you know, they looked great in the ring versus these two guys. And, you know, it's definitely nice to see them kind of making their debut. I know they... You know, WWE kind of didn't really give them, like, a proper buildup, I felt like. Like, you kind of saw, I think they were playing some, like, vignettes of them, like, you know, teasing them that they're going to be debuting in NXT. But I think, you know, giving them, obviously, a win here in the Dusty Rhodes Classic is obviously a good start. And it's nice seeing these two guys in uh, WWE now. I would have liked to see maybe, you know, like, a like maybe, like, some more buildup to them for their first match. But 
I'm okay with this, you know, kind of getting the win there. And uh, the Dusty Rhodes Classic, I think, is, uh, I think, a good first step forward for kind of, like, giving them that uh, that push and kind of, like, building them up a little bit more. Yeah, I agree with you, Carr. I think the, the Dusty Rhodes Classic is a really, really innovative way to, like, build young stars come out of that. And I think using this to build up MSK is really a strong idea for the company. I liked what they did in Impact. I thought they were a, a solid team there. And I hope the the future's only up for them there. They had a really great build in TNA. They had a really great build. They had a really great uh, fan following over there. And I just hope to see that move forward with the WWE and how they book them. Now going into the other matches of the Dusty Rhodes class. So we had the Grizzled Young Veterans versus Ever Rise. You know, I'm going to kind of go through these because there's a lot of them, you know, kind of like those fillers that you get before the tournament ends, you know. When the, when the really good stuff happens, we had Undisputed Era be Breezango, despite uh, Dunn, Lorkin, and Birch coming out, uh, having Kyle O'Reilly attacked at ringside. Guys, I'll tell you right now the booking for the Undisputed Era versus these guys that have associated with themselves with Pat McAfee. Do you guys feel like this story plays out longer, even though their supposed leader, I'll call him? Yeah. Like, you know, for the brand, you know, the guy for the brand for the is brand. no longer with WWE. Do you guys feel like they can yeah, look at look at this right, right? Not not to prolong this question, but you got Pete Dunn, you got Lorkin, you got Birch, right? You got three great in-ring talents. Do you guys feel like without like a mouthpiece guiding them in a Pat McAfee? Do you guys feel like they will survive as a unit versus other teams and other factions in the WWE I mean you know I think I think you can obviously use a guy like Pat McAfee who obviously you know is a good mouthpiece and we've seen that during his time with NXT but yeah I mean I think you know overall with this feud it's been going on now for I feel like a long time now ever since uh, Adam Cole was on the Pat McAfee show and they kind of like, you know, first started their feud together. And now I think was Pat, wasn't like Pat McAfee, like technically like fired or something you like, or the rumor is, I think he was fired on Christmas. Yeah. At least it wasn't his wedding day. Yeah. It wasn't his wedding day, but yeah, I mean, uh, they could, I mean, I think this, the trio of those three guys, I feel like they could definitely work with that. Cause, cause like you said, TJ, those are three, really good in-ring talents um obviously they can use maybe a guy who can be a mouthpiece but i don't know how long they're gonna like keep up this storyline because i felt like i feel like it's just been going on for a while now not to say that i don't like it or anything but you know i would like to see you know potentially an end to it at some point just because i feel like it's going for a while now um they had their war games match which was really good too and um you know, it's, it, I'm, I'd be okay if they, you know, keep going, but I just feel like, like I said, it's just been going on now for a while. So like to see some sort of conclusion at some point. Yeah. And that's the, the difficult thing is like trying to keep up a, a faction that's feuding with undisputed era, which I think trying to find a faction that's feuding with undisputed era can be sort of difficult sometimes because they're, they've been a group for so long and it's like, okay, who haven't? they've run through yet and it kind of makes you wonder like when is the breakup coming like we all know there's going to be some breakup there's going to be dissension there's going to be some fight with the undisputed era and i don't know when it is but i like dunn lorkin and birch 
I don't know how long they stick together, but we'll see. For those listening at home, just letting you know, if we do keep cutting in and out, it's the editor's fault. Mm-hmm. And I get to call him the jackass now. I yeah, get to call know. the editor the jackass after texting me at four o'clock in the morning. Hey, editor, you're the jackass. All right. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, you got to talk I, to him. I got to talk to him. You know, I'm not kidding. Like, a lot of people have been asking, like, who's the editor? Right. And, like, it's my hire. I, I hired the yeah. guy. He edits my Who is the higher power? <laughs> no, I kind of want to end with a little bit of the bubbly. You know, you want to have that little champagne pop, right? We'll end so, it with that. With the inner circle having next week a three-way tag team match between, what is it? Uh, it's Chris Jericho and MJF versus what was known as LAX at the time, mm-hmm. as well as with uh, Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager in a three-way tag team match to decide the inner circle tag team. I just, I feel like they've run, not to say they've run out of stuff to do with Chris Jericho, but I'll be honest, once MJF was in the inner circle, I feel like they could have just ripped the cord and just had him like take over at that Mm. point. But I get it. You want to build him. You want to build that chemistry between him and Chris to do that tag, to have the tag team, you know, to have the, I'll put it as the promo add-ons later on, you know, because that's what it is. You want to, when you build this story, when you watch it later on down the road, if they ever have a network that you pay $9.99 a month for, when they do that, whatever they want to do, they want something to build with, right? They want something to build with that story. And in this case, you have Jericho and MJF building that, you know, that jackass rivalry later on, but... What do you guys feel about this three-way, this this triangle tag team match? I mean, obviously, it's it's good entertainment. I feel like um, it didn't make too 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 much sense to me. I guess for like the reason why they're having it, but you know, it's definitely the entertainment factor. I thought that whole promo with them talking about like their New Year's resolutions and stuff. I thought that was really funny. That was obviously those are like you know with Chris Jericho and MGF and like everybody else there obviously great chemistry on the mic when they had cut a promo like that but you know I feel like eventually down the line I think we will start seeing some sort of rift where maybe you know I think like you said TJ like MJF could be like oh you know I'm the leader of the inner circle now goodbye Jericho or they can have something kind of like that I feel like eventually they'll like build up towards something like that because the obviously now like they're having like these matches against each other like last week it was Jake Hager versus I think Wardlow in the match because they had some like differences so I feel like they can I feel like that eventually they're it's like building up towards like a you know potential like breakup of the group as a whole with whoever maybe if it's MJF you know kind of getting power hungry and he ends up kind of taking over as the leader I I kind of agree, TJ, where I thought that would have happened already, but I agree that they're kind of just trying to get more content out there and kind of like build it up a little bit more. But I thought it would have happened already, and I thought that's what was going to eventually happen. But obviously, we haven't seen that yet, but I think we will uh, sometime in the future, though. Yeah, I'm feeling the same way. I mean, it's pro wrestling. The faction's not going to last. There's going to be a breakup. I do hope MJF takes over. What I'm hoping that doesn't happen personally is like I always joke about the past and like mistakes other companies have made, but please don't let this be the NWO when there's like six NWOs all under the same name. Like I don't want the inner circle one and two. Latino inner circle. 
<laughs> Hager's inner circle, like the I, LIC, like the blue dude, inner circle, and like just if you're gonna break it up, break it up. Let MJF take over. Let him beat Jericho for the title. Like, but that's a, I have faith in the guys in AEW because they they all seem to like know what they're doing. You know, Tony Khan's a great figure in his own right and good wrestling minds. And I would hope as the guys who grew up watching the demise of WCW, which is all these guys that are in AEW now and Jericho, who was almost a part of the demise of WCW, understand, let's not break this up into like eight different factions. If we're going to break it, just break it, rip it like a Band-Aid and get it over with. We're going to see the Japanese inner circle. We're going to see the Latino inner circle. Impact inner circle. We're going to see the inner inner circle next. (laughs) We're going to see the blue circle. Yep. Not the the blue blue meaning. It's going to be the blue inner circle. Circle. Hey, do you know JBL once beat up the Blue Meanie for real at One Night Stand 2005? <laughs> oh, my God. Because I haven't heard that story told six million times. No, Dylan, can you tell us another? Can you tell us again? Can you tell us that story? I haven't heard enough of it yet. <laughs> oh, uh, man. You know, it's, it, it's what it is in wrestling, you know, but you have great talents, top guys, building a great group even if they were in the inner circle they could be great by themselves granted originally it wasn't supposed to be the guys in lax right it was supposed to be the good brothers but signing their multi-million dollar contracts with the wwe which fell mm-hmm. in april of 2020 i wonder why but i mean it's what it is but that's all it is man it's just you know, it's you, you always think the path is greener on the other side, but then again, months later, when a pandemic hits, because everybody always knows there's going to be a pandemic coming. You know, everybody knows that. Every 100 years. Every couple of years, you know, <laughs> you sign a multi, multi-million dollar contract, pandemic hits, you're out of a job. <laughs> then you, you, you try to figure out what to do, and then you build, you know, your talking shop manias or your cheap mania. I mean, mm. you know what, guys? I feel as though, you know, I'm telling you right now, if a pandemic comes again, we're gonna build Cheapomania. Cheapomania, I like we're it. Gonna build it. Cheap talk promotions. <laughs> Bro, we already got the cheap talk wrestling name. I mean, we might as well could build something off of it. Might Let's just start well. a company. I mean, we'll why not? Cheap talk wrestling. <laughs> we'll ask the editor to see if he can like, you know, like finesse. Me, me and TJ will headline the first show. It's okay. We'll just go at it. If they're not happy with cheap talk, you know, then they're not happy at all. I mean, it's what it is. You don't like it. You can go to the second best trio on the Daily Goat and listen to their podcast. Mm. Um, I, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, February 1st, if you haven't, if you're already dummy and you didn't listen to the end of the other show, which I told you to listen to, John Cena Sr., my good friend, is coming on with us. We're going to be talking with him. We're going to talk a lot of wrestling. We're going to talk a lot of good stuff. And you know what? Hell yeah. We're going to cut it there because I know the editor is going to be really pissed off with everything that goes on. And I know I'm going to get a text at like six o'clock, five o'clock in the morning saying, Hey, jackass, you're really, uh, you're really cut up piece over here. It's all set. We added some stuff in, we added some like clips and snippets, you know, I'm just going to get the call, you know, I'm going to get the call and then I'm going to get another call from someone on, on the daily go saying, what the hell is this? You're presenting this as your pot. I'm like, yes. Because we are cheap talk. The big boss. We'll get it from the big boss. 
Yep. But you know, if you don't like it, we're cheap talk and we keep it cheap. That's simple. You don't like yeah, it. Right. You don't like it. There's other podcasts. But you know, I'm gonna keep we'll keep this like outro cheap because I know the editor we're the editor's gonna be really pissed off if we go over oh, if, you, if you don't like it, meet us in the ring. It, it it's that simple. Meet us in the ring. Meet us in the ring. Six man tag action. Let's go. Come on. We'll do a trios match. We'll do a trios tag team match. Us three versus any other trio. But you know, we'll um I'm gonna finish at that, guys. Thank you for coming on. I will talk to you guys next week. For those marks and uh I'll call them Maggie's, the women marks out there. For those marks and Maggie's out there, keep on listening to Chief Talk Wrestling on the Daily Goat. Follow us on all forms of social media. Also, click a like, leave a comment, subscribe to us. We have been Chief Talk. That has been Brandon Carter. That has been Dylan Sriva. I have been the cheapest man in the building, TJ Albin. Guys, I will talk to you next week. <laughs>